Hello and welcome to In A Different League, the official podcast of the original fantasy football game. We are hosts, me, Jessica Humphreys. And me, Chris Pilau. And here's what's coming up this week. We're right in the thick of it after a midweek round of football. We look back and look ahead with the next game week just around the corner. Dave Boyle from the TLL joins us to talk about a fantasy league which rivals the size of the Premier League itself. And Neil is back in part three for all your correspondence, questions and queries. And that's us in a different league. It feels like it's been ages, in part because I was obviously off sick last week, but also because the football has been non-stop. Do you ever get this feeling when there's sort of midweek games that you've almost like, that's become an extra weekend and you're, you know, weeks and weeks along? Yeah, yeah. Just me. <laughs> no, no, there's, no, there's a lot going on. It means that you, if you, put, you can put game weeks behind you if you, did, if you didn't do so well. But yeah, right in the thick of it. I mean, this week in particular... In our league as well, also happens to be a transfer window and there's lots going on, which means that players can actually be transferred during the week. And there's lots of sort of like one game only loans happening because the window's open from Monday to Friday. So there's loads of admin to deal with and the game's happening and people making changes right up until kickoff and the football to watch itself. So there's lots going on, but I love it. It's better than an, uh, better than an international week. Yeah, that's interesting. We had one of our sealed bids on yesterday, on Wednesday, and this has actually been a thing of controversy in the past for us about when those changes are made, because traditionally, sealed bids happens on Wednesday evening, changes are made on Thursday, but, and I've complained about this in the past, I felt like it was unfair that you could basically bring players in almost for an extra game, the Thursday game, so... To make it fair, changes aren't being made until ah. after Thursday night. But I actually didn't partake. I thought about it carefully. I've got quite a few injuries and I've got quite a few uncertainties around players. But I just felt looking at who was available, there weren't better options out there. And I wanted to keep my powder dry over the Christmas run and reassess in February. But it's getting very, very tight at the top. In my league. That's always a brave thing to do. I always go for one more player than I need. I always end up with one more player than I need to because I get too excited. And there's many managers in my league as well who kind of seem to think like the most more transfers you do, kind of like you almost get extra points for that. Um, the business is very addictive. But yeah, so tight at the top for you. Well, Jesse, since you haven't been here, I am now in third place. And wow. there's lots of talk that I am the Aston Villa <gasps> of the GLWFL and that maybe... Just maybe they should be keeping an eye out on me. I mean, I'm not entertaining the talk at all. I keep doing that classic thing. Like like, I'm not, yeah. Not a title run. We're just interested in doing the best we can, one week at a time, etc. And I've I've only got five points so far. So we're recording this on Thursday. There's still two games to go this week. I've got five points in a midweek round, which actually hasn't really been that high scoring for a lot of people in our league. Um, But yeah, I'm not definitely not on a title run, Jesse, but I'm in third and I've got a bit of a nosebleed for being up this high. Well, I think that's a lot more fun for you because I just feel like dread. Every week, I think this is going to be the week where it turns around and that amazing start I had will pick back up again. And every week, I just see myself doing rubbishly and other people sneaking up behind me. And I think this actually influenced my sealed bids decision because the decision I've been haunted by is dropping Onana for Robert Sanchez, who Mm. has been just woeful. And last night I was kicking myself that I hadn't forced 
my league to bring in you know penalty save points because I was like I just need something anything at this point uh, but I'm on one for the week so yeah, well, he only he not only got penalty save points last night, Robert Sanchez, but he also got goalkeeper saves, which he actually made after 17 minutes. Someone took note that he'd made five. So you can do five plus saves and you can add points to that if you customise the league. And he'd got five saves after 17 minutes in that game. I'm not surprised. Madness. I watched it. It was dire. <laughs> <laughs> they were up against each other, almost taunting you, your decision there in the flesh, the two goalkeepers just staring up at the... To be fair, at least Anana didn't keep a clean sheet. That would have been really, you know, like insult to injury. Exactly, exactly. Well, Jesse, I was actually at Palace against Bournemouth last night uh, and I come with no intelligence other than (laughs) maybe start looking at Bournemouth players because they play quite well uh, and definitely get rid of all your Palace players because (laughs) they are not very good at the moment. Yeah, Bournemouth are are on a, a good run, but maybe we should start with Palace because they are right back to it on Saturday in that lunchtime time slot, but against... Liverpool, who mm. I've kind of concluded are the team that I might be like low key supporting in the title race. I'm in oh. between them and Villa. I can't really, I can't decide if I'm taking Villa seriously yet. No, I think I've, I'm absolutely supporting Villa in that title race. But Palace against Liverpool, I mean, it's historically quite a good fixture. Palace have got some really famous results against Liverpool. I, I said it on the podcast last week when you weren't here. Home and away means nothing for Palace at the moment. They're just they are struggling a bit, um, and I'm worried. And it's and it's one of a few fixtures coming up, which isn't good for Palace. So if you do have those defenders or those Sam Johnson in goal, I mean Sam Johnson really messed up for the second goal last night against Bournemouth as well. I would worry. And then obviously, you know, and it's because Decore's out. I mean, not a lot of people will have Decore in their team because he's a defensive midfielder, unless they do DM points. But anyway, he's out for a sustained period of time. And Eze's gone, which will be a big points gatherer for people, but he's he's injured. And Elise, who's come back, who I've actually got, is just not 100% fit. There's just nothing really going. There's too much space between players. Jordan Ayew was the best player, but Jordan Ayew isn't a good fantasy league manager. I mean, you're, you just frowned when I said Jordan Ayew. It amazes me that he's even um, at Palace still. Oh, he's great, but he's great at certain things. And, and Palace, the certain things Palace need right now are goals, and, and he's not too good at that. So... I'd be very surprised. And Liverpool, I think, is, is you know, there'll be a lot of managers with Liverpool players, um, but you can still carry on stocking up on those Liverpool players now, I think, as they go on their title charge. Andrew, yeah. Andy Robertson was free a free agent in ours, and I actually mm. got uh, him. He's, he's coming back, even if it's in January. I actually wanted to get in early, and I spent a bit of money to, to make sure that I get him for when he's back. Yeah, right now with Liverpool, it just feels like it's all about Trent Alexander-Arnold, but I assume he'll be a popular pick for, for most people. I'm I'm in the kind of frustrating position where I feel like I've got the only Liverpool player who doesn't seem to ever pick up any points in Cody Gakpo, who I kind of thought mm. would, would play a bit more than he has. He was one of the people I was arming and aring around getting rid of, but I just felt like with Christmas, and I mean, he started against Sheffield United, and I just think with the Christmas fixture list, I was like, oh, surely he'll at least get games, which I feel like at, at this moment in time, I'm just like, I just want players to play. But Liverpool, it just feels like at the moment, goals are sort of coming from from all over, all over. You know, there was obviously the uh, Alexis McAllister's first goal at, at the weekend, and Shobazlai scoring again last night. So um, it feels like there, there's lots of good options available for for Liverpool if if maybe people in your league have sort of got all, gone all in on, on Salah. It feels like everyone at the moment is kind of pitching in in that side. 
Yeah, definitely. A word of warning for Liverpool, Joel Matip. I had Joel Matip in my team, but it looks like he might be out for the rest of the season. So if you're listening and you can get a chance to get rid of him, get rid of him. Uh, they do have, a, you know, every team's got their injuries and they've got a few. Um, but yeah, Matip will not be playing anymore. Get another centre-back in. Bring in Max Kilman, as I just did, who got me a clean sheet this week. Mm, very good, very good. Um Looking ahead to the three o'clock, well, Max Kilman, he's part of the, the three o'clocks on Saturday. Uh, some interesting fixtures here. Yeah, and on Wolves, so I was like, I looked at Wolves for the month of December, who've got quite a good run of fixtures. Wolves, just, there's not that many people who've got Wolves players, if you look at our league. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pick up a couple of Wolves players here. But then not a lot of Wolves players have scored many points. If you look at Wolves, I mean, it's sort of, it's Cunha and it's Huang. And then after that, it's mm. kind of like, hasn't really been shared out that much they are playing well and I just thought it could be a good month to target their, a defender Max Kilman, Nelson Semedo is another um, it could be a good month for them and then I probably will, will abandon him in January after that but in terms of those other players Pablo Sarabia is one but Sarabia doesn't have that many points he doesn't play a lot either and mm. a lot of Wolves, Wolves fans are actually quite frustrated with Sarabia um, so yeah keep an eye on Wolves but, but it, it's hard to actually pick out a player um, who might not already be taken I find with them yeah, they do have quite a, a nice run of games, um, including that bizarre uh, Christmas Eve fixture against Chelsea. But sort of everything in December, really, uh, you'd expect them potentially to, to pick up points. But I just find they run a little bit hot and cold. I thought they were great against in that comeback win against Spurs. But then when I watched them play Fulham the other week, I thought they were quite poor. I know sort of Fulham, they felt hard done by, by sort of the penalties that Fulham got, but... I didn't really think they deserved to be in the game really anywhere at that point. And I personally thought the penalties were fair enough. So, um, But Brighton, again, are another sort of interesting team. Getting back to winning ways over Brentford the other night. Still yet to get that clean, clean sheet, sheet, though. But it's Burnley bad. heading to the Amex on Saturday. Uh, Although free-scoring Burnley. Oh, no, sure, it has to happen. <laughs> it's up to 19 now, I think that they've scored and conceded. It has to happen now. I know that they've also had lots of injuries at the back as well. The problem with, with Brighton as well is that Deserbi keeps rotating. So you kind of like, you just don't really know as a fancy league manager what to do and, and who to pick, especially in those attacking positions. Joao Pedro looks like now he's actually finally got a starting place. But yeah, Burnley, I, I think I told you that last month we didn't have any Burnley players in our league. Um, and then suddenly uh, there was one who was brought in this week. And Dooney. Oh, and Jay Rodriguez as well. So, yeah, maybe. If Brighton are going to concede again, then then you should target a Burnley attacking player. But I'm not in a position to be recommending Burnley to anyone yet, I don't think. Not in the yeah. same way that I am some of those other relegation teams who I actually think are starting to play quite well. Well, I was going to ask, given you were on your sort of scouting mission, see Bournemouth, they're, they're off to Old Trafford. United, I thought, were... Fine against Chelsea. I think really it was that Chelsea were absolutely awful. But do you think this Bournemouth team could give United problems? Possibly. I mean, I I didn't. You know, I just watched the highlights last night of United, and United looked good sort of on the break. They it seems that they've been doing that the last few years anyway. Even under Solskjaer, when they played best, they they kind of wanted to play on the break and get in behind. Now. If Palace were doing anything yesterday, that's what they were trying to do, but they just weren't good at, you know, they kept pumping, trying to get a ball over the top to Elise. And there was definitely was space, the way that Bournemouth play can be quite erratic. So I think that United 
might try and target that against Bournemouth and I can't see Bournemouth coming away with anything. Although, like I said, I was quite impressed how they were playing Bournemouth. But I don't know. I think I think finally I can say that Man United might get the result here at home to Bournemouth on Saturday. Okay, it'll be interesting. Interesting to see um, Villa Arsenal. Probably is this the game of the weekend? Oh my god, massive! Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited for this one. Obviously, Villa with a, a immense performance over Manchester City, a, a fully deserved win. One of sort of the most comprehensive performances I think against City, who are on a real strange run right now, but. I'm a bit frustrated with Villa because sort of the player who started off really well for me this season, Moussa Diaby, has actually sort of fallen out of mm. that starting lineup, and it's all about Leon Bailey now. It's all about Leon Bailey, and and actually another one that's kind of come in is T- Yuri Tielemans as well. Emery's switched things up in the last couple of weeks. Um, he likes sort of like a tight eleven, and and yeah, I'm, I was surprised by Diaby, but Tielemans starting to pick up a few assists as well. So those could be players to target. And and yeah, this stat about Villa, they've won their, is it 14 league games in a row now at home? Goes all the way back to 1931, the best their club record. I know last time we said, we kind of did that thing with managers and I was trying to think of like a convoluted thing here of like, what would fantasy football have been like in 1930? But I think the answer is inexistent. You wouldn't have... I mean, you wouldn't have known who any of the other players were, I think, in 1930. <laughs> we can just say that it would probably have been held in the pub. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Villa... Uh, a, a funny thing I saw about Villa the other day as well, that someone wrote that Villa are having the season that the media are pretending Spurs are having. So yeah, Villa are doing <laughs> amazingly well. Uh, are you going to pip a prediction here? Do you think that they'll be able to make it 15 against Arsenal? I'm not sure. Arsenal are in an annoying place, I think, at the moment, where I'm not fully convinced that they're good, but they feel very, like, controlled in a way that I think is not super exciting, but it just feels like they're in a real position to grind out results. Obviously, that looting game was a real, you know, exciting one. And I've been very sceptical about sort of Arsenal's last-minute goal. They pull it out of the bag so consistently. At some point, you've just got to think, well, they do just seem to be able to play to the end. But Villa must be on on such a high right now. Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll predict a, a little draw. But I think it, it, it's really interesting sort of to see um, both those teams going going at it. I actually missed the, the Luton Arsenal game because I was deep in Women's Nations League drama. But yeah, like I guess Luton are, are a really fascinating team at the moment because they score, especially at home, a lot. And they've got City who are on just on this absolutely awful run on Sunday. Yeah. I mean you you're right. You you're watching Women's Nations League. There are almost as many goals <laughs> happening at Luton that were happening It's crazy that uh, this is now going to be a massive game for Man City Guardiola I don't know it's obvious you've said it weeks ago Rodri you know if you don't play Rodri then they crumble he didn't start Rodri last night against Aston Villa he's like he was trying to do to do a bit too much he's taking Grealish out and and he's, 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 he's in that phase where he's trying to work out something new he's trying to write the new blueprint that's an issue if you're a fantasy league manager with Man City players because you just don't know you're trying to second guess and it might be that when John Stones ends up playing in central midfield, but you're kind of like, we're just all sort of waiting to be like, okay, who, which one of us is going to benefit in this second half of the season when Man City do go on this incredible run if they do? 
uh, which player would he have pulled out? Is he going to be playing Edison at left midfield or something? It's kind of like it's worse. Well, obviously, it's the worst run that he's ever been on. It's worse than it's ever been. And it's whether they will be able to pick up and mount this title challenge now against those other teams. I would say, yeah, if you're Luton, who are free scoring, take shots because the amount of shots that Villa had against Man City was off the scale and it really seemed to phase them. So if you are Adebayo, if you are Andros Townsend, Ross Barkley, these sorts of players... You, Ross Barkley's you know, goal was great. I know. And, you know, maybe they should, they, they should have a look at that game against Villa and try and turn it on against Man City and we'll see if, if City can keep that clean sheet. I don't, I'm not sure. A couple of other two o'clocks on, on Sunday as well. I think both, both games which are, which are interesting to think about, Fulham-West Ham and, and Everton-Chelsea... Fulham coming off the back of this, you know, massive 5-0 win over Forest. And I've watched quite a lot of Fulham this season because my girlfriend's a Fulham fan. And I feel like Alex Awobi is a player who's mm. looking really comfortable in that team. But perhaps more intriguingly is the return of Raul Jimenez to the score sheet. Oh, it's so nice to see. Raul Jimenez is still a free agent in our league. Quick, log sad. off and you know, see if you can get him. I know. <laughs> you have to wait till January now. He'll probably go for whatever. Loads of money in January. It's crazy that like the, like, the established number nine of a club should not be in a fantasy league team. But it looks like he finally is. And he, he, he played really well against Liverpool, according to a couple of Fulham fans that I know. And they were like, keep an eye out. And... They just played so, with so much freedom. You can in those games, you know, they they played so well against Forest. It is good to watch from a fantasy league point of view to watch such a dominant performance from a team which maybe you don't know too much about because it shows where to emphasise your fantasy league tactics almost. And and yeah, and obviously the goal scorers Iwobi, um, Raúl Jiménez, but also Pereira. Pereira was playing mm. incredibly well. They will be up for repeating that against West Ham. They're at home again against West Ham on Sunday. And they've also got Burnley and Bournemouth and Everton in December. So if they're playing the sort of same calibre of teams as they were against Forest and you are able to bring them in, Fulham are a team to target in December, I think. And those are the te- the obvious players to target. But bring them in if they're available. They're available in mm. our league. They might be available definitely, in Definitely, definitely. And then Everton-Chelsea, it's quite an interesting one because Chelsea have obviously been on very rocky sort of up and down form recently. And normally you'd say like a trip to Goodison is, is somewhere that they'd really struggle. But Everton are sort of in this weird position where they're actually much better away than they are at home. Yeah, it's, we're seeing now Calvert-Lewin's come out. We, we spoke before about how Dyche likes his really tight team. It's whether Beto can step in the, the boots of, of Calvert-Lewin um, and get those goals for Everton, who didn't have sort of like the miraculous you know, massive boost that we thought they might after that points deduction. But it certainly made it interesting at the bottom of the table, I think, that there's going to be a bit of a fight. Some of those other teams playing well. We've, you know, we've just mentioned Luton and Bournemouth and, and Everton are right in amongst that as well. They're going to need to get a, a result against Chelsea if they can. And finally, Tottenham-Newcastle. Newcastle are really in a really interesting place because... They were someone I was sort of thinking about on this sealed bids round because they've got a really nice run through December. But the problem is with the injuries, it feels very hard to judge how they're going to cope with that fixture pile-up. So obviously the weekend, they're away at Spurs, but then they've got Fulham, Luton and Forest across Christmas. But they've also got Champions League, 
they've got a quarter-final in the League Cup against Chelsea. So in the end, I stuck with Sven Botman, who I've been holding on to, despite him having this mysterious knee injury. And apparently he is going to be back at some point in this run. So I thought I'd just Mm. bank on that. But they're getting the results at the moment. I just don't know how long it can last with the squad as thin as it is. Exactly. I've got Nick Pope and it wasn't so clear last week what was going to happen. And I've kept him. But Dubravka has come into our league now to someone else. That's a big one for them. It's not like Nick, but then it's not that you're right. They they have just about managed to keep going, and it's sort of like, is this going to be the straw that finally breaks the camel's back? Because it's not like with Nick Pope, you know, the change of goalkeeper. It's not like he makes loads and loads of saves all the time. But yeah, December is is traditionally obviously a month that can be quite intense for a team. They're going to be really pushing now to try and get into the knockout phase of the Champions League, and yeah, it's whether it's one step too far for them but we were saying the same thing against Tottenham who they're playing on Sunday anyway and we can continue to say the same thing about Tottenham who have not who have struggled a bit more in comparison to Newcastle you know losing their best player I think with Newcastle you know if you look uh, their best player being James Madison by the way and it's kind of you if you try and look at okay well if Newcastle lost their best player who is that and the answer probably is Kieran Trippier but it's just I think the difference with Newcastle is that they've been able to bring in players who've been able to slot straight back in so far but you do wonder if someone like Kieran Trippier did get injured that could be the thing that makes them all crumble mm. but yeah I'd, I'd, I'd put a question mark over over Newcastle in December it could be if you've got their defenders then you could start to get minus points yeah we'll, we'll have to wait and see that wraps us up for, for part one going through the weekend's fixtures we'll be back in part two as we speak to Dave Boyle Okay, so here we are, and we have a very special guest in part two, another manager, Dave Boyle from the TLL. We'll find out what that means in a moment. Uh, But I'm personally actually very excited by uh, this part two in particular because I've seen a lot of content from the TLL. There are videos on YouTube, and there's all sorts to sort of dive into in this part, and I can't wait to get going. Uh, So let's introduce Dave Boyle, who is with us today from the TLL. Dave, how are you doing? I'm all good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the podcast. An absolute pleasure. Indeed. Exciting to be here. Yeah, there's lots to go through, but let's start with the easy. TLL, let's start there. What does TLL stand for? It just stands for a very boring Tame Lads League. And Tame is, uh, well, not obviously, but Tame is where we're, we're from. So, yeah, it's just just straight that. Because you're anything but Tame, <laughs> if you look at how <laughs> you are. Uh, take to fantasy league is that yeah. right i mean how many how many of you are there in there i've seen a video there's a lot of you in there are all all of you in one league or you got multiple leagues how many what is the tll there are actually 20 of us in the in the league um all in one league and i think that was run by a um i think it was a sort of pilot program that neil, neil set up and set up for us very very kindly a few years ago so we've been various amounts, but now we're 20 people of uh, 14 man squads. So, yeah, hearing the, um, the the pod in the past few weeks and the, the people that are available in your sealed bids is is chalk and cheese for us. <laughs> yeah. How hard is it to like how diverse players do you end up having to pick up in a, in a league that big? We have a sealed bids every every week every uh, Thursday at 12. So it's literally just, well, we're recording this on Thursday at 12 and it's literally just gone through. And some of the names on here that have, have been picked up, 
McAtee, a- Adrian, Kirkes, Mavroponos, and yeah, so like. Anyone who has a shot on Match of the Day. Literally that. It's so reactive sometimes. Um, And it's just pretty much mudslinging a lot of the time. But but yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. So I mean, mean, I've made reference to this video. You do do have video or multiple videos perhaps on on YouTube. I had a look at the 30-minute TLL auction day, which was the auction from the start of this season. And yeah, loads of you in that league and sort of like going through the format of, of, of everything that you're you're doing. I mean, should we start with the auction then? How, how do you get across organising, getting 20 people together? And on top of that, there are so many things you've got to get through before the auction even kicks off. Do you want to talk us through yeah. that? Yeah, so a few years ago, we started videoing them, um, the auctions. And ours is, I think it might be the first one that's not taking place in a pub it always takes place at someone's house yes but hang on there is clearly in this video a lot of alcohol (laughs) being consumed so you are not (laughs) (laughs) don't get me wrong i just think it's because we couldn't afford a full (laughs) full day in the pub um but yeah there's plenty of plenty of beers and stuff um all flying around so we kick off by everyone going into the diary room um so a little room set up answering sort of like three questions usually who are your top targets? Who do you think will win? Who do you think will lose? There might be a, a few others um, that we that we throw in sometimes. Um, and anything you want to get off your chest ahead of a big day, because it is, as, as everyone has, who's been on the pod has said, it's like, like Christmas Day for us. And then OBC, or the chairman, our beloved chairman OBC stands for, says a few <laughs> words. And it's me this year. I've done it a few times. Other people have done it in the in the league. We always have a vote at the end of the season on who who will do it next year. It won't be me next year. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to someone else. He says a few words. It could be a poem. Could be you know whatever. And then and then we get into it. And as I said, like there's twenty players, well twenty managers, and then fourteen squads each. Uh, fourteen man squads each. So it takes quite a while, but it's a great day. But I wanted to ask, where did the diary room? idea like how did that come about as a as a concept i don't know really sam he wanted to to start filming it and then when you've got the cameras up it's just well you you, you've seen it and we have to fast forward through the through all the all of the bidding and stuff like that but we just wanted to give it a bit more life and bring it a bit more to life i don't know who came up with it i'm going to credit it to sam but i'll probably hear hear that it wasn't him uh, (laughs) later um but yeah we've only been doing the diary room um uh, three years, I think. And for people who haven't seen, I mean, I, I do recommend you go and have a search TLL Auction Day. It's Sam who's who's uploaded this onto onto YouTube. You're obviously, you know, you you turned up. A lot of you wearing football shirts, but some of you have got another additional item of clothing that they're wearing on top of the football shirts. Oh, uh, do you want to talk us through the the golf inspired? Yeah, so ev- everyone has a football shirt because our, our league names are all our names in like real football clubs so my my te- my team name is called Bayer Deverkusen um, okay for example i don't have one of these but there are seven people lucky enough to have a green jacket that uh, is obviously masters inspired that gets presented to them every year they have to wear them at all uh, tll events and uh, equally uh, whoever gets the wooden spoon has to wear a little le- necklace with a wooden spoon on it at tll events and more often than not, that is a person who also has a green jacket. So he's he's got everything on there. Um, <laughs> um, but but yeah, and then we have st- like 
stars above them for every one you've won. So this year Amazing. was the first year that um, Tommy had two stars above above his jacket because he's won it twice. I, I love Amazing. that. I love that so much. You also said that you've got a, a constitution as long as Big Sam CV. What's what's going on in the constitution? <laughs> yeah, we've got an eleven-page constitution, uh, eleven which is ever growing. Yeah, it's it's just got because as I'm sure you're aware, like it's a living thing, and there are. As, as one of you mentioned in one of your pods recently, there's always something that comes up that you haven't even thought about being a problem or being a, 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 an issue. So we have a fine-based system. There was, I think it was about 1,200 in the fines pot last year collected. We all spend that on, on auction, uh, no, on um, at the end of season two. But there, there are fines for um, sort of bid, uh, any auction etiquette that goes wrong. So... As you said, as you mentioned, like bidding on a player who's already gone, that would be a fine in the TLL. Or like, we had to input input a rule one year because Tommy was he just got a bit drunk and was just harassing other people's auction stuff. So he was like drawing all over their sheets and stuff like that. He was changing like you know a two to a, a seven, so they thought they had more budget than they did, and like we had to input that as a fine, but. But yeah, so it's mainly fines on, on the Constitution, but we do have a list of records and stuff like that. Dave, two things. Firstly, did you go, how do you know each other? Did you go to school together? Because it sounds like you, this is like you haven't grown up since you were five or six years old or something. Lots of boys in school. Yes, yeah, we, most of us went to school together. So over, over a few years, that's how, that's how we know each other. Okay, brilliant. And secondly, and you're in a very safe space here. Obviously, you listen to the pod. You know that even I have got lots of things that questionable activity around my fantasy league behaviour. But there are 20 of you. You must have other halves, family members, friends. What do they make of all of this? Do they stay well clear? And do they, are you, do you even, are you out, you know, do you talk about it? I mean, what... Or is it just something that is just your little private thing that you're kind of too ashamed to talk about? Yeah, we definitely do talk about it. Is whenever you see someone else who's in the TLL, like that is the first, <laughs> first thing that's spoken about. And going to the previous question about like other halves and, and stuff like that, I just don't think they really under like truly understand it because <laughs> I don't think they. <laughs> I don't think they understand how good it is being in, in that league or in a fancy league because it does consume your life, really, and definitely mine. So, like, a big thing for us is we have the transfer window open all the time, so we're putting swaps through all the time, which is, a, wow. like, a huge difference from most other leagues that I'm aware of. So I think we've made... I know, I know that because I checked before. Uh, we've made 139 transfers this season between managers... And there have been 306 seal bids, so yeah, it's a busy, busy time. But but yeah, I think I think it's got to the stage. We're nine years in now, and we just wear it as a badge of honour. You've got to go all in, like for the people who know, they respect it. You know, like yeah. that's why you've come to the right place here. How's how's your season <laughs> going, Dave? Mine's going awfully. So I had the. Sheffield United goalkeeper at the weekend when they lost five 0 to Burnley. Why? Um, I, when you're down there, as I've said before, there are so <laughs> like little things you can go at. So you go, just try and get like a quick three points wherever you can get it. And so I tried it with can't remember who they had the week before, but it was someone easy. But then I didn't realise they were playing Liverpool, so I had to swap in and get Kaminsky in from Luton and just not play the keeper at the time. Um, but I've got rid of both of them now. Um, so, yeah, my season's, I think I'm 16th, not going well. But 
what I will say is, is because we've got 20 players and because because the squads are so like thin, really, it's all to play for. And I definitely am not ruling myself out on this season yet. So Fighting yeah, I'm on 77 and the, the leader is on 140. Well, I feel like I fear you're you're skewing the data when Neil reveals in part three the transfers in and out, and we're sometimes confused by who's buying the third choice Luton left back, and it's because you're all scrapping around for these players. Yeah, there were like six bids this week for Alfie Doty, and <laughs> it's crazy. Amazing. What's um? You, you talked about other events. Firstly, as well, you also said I, I kind of didn't really take it in at the time, and then I was doing the maths in my head. How big is that? Was the fine total? So it was £1,145 last so, But that's a lot. I mean, even for 20 people, that's a lot, mm. isn't it? Yeah. So so we have fines if you come bottom for the month, fines for not beating your auction score, fines for any... Tra- because because obviously being OBC is like quite an arduous task. So then there are a lot of times like swaps between people that can't go through because they break formations or they break club quotas or whatever. So we have fines to stop that happening um, which still happen um and then we have fines for minus months as well which is probably madness for you to ever have a a minus minus month yeah but yeah we had three of them this year i've i've had one of them um so so yeah we we do we do have a lot of a lot of fines you've got quite a unique scoring system right quite different to to how they normally get set up yeah, so because we obviously we've got a lot more players in, in the pot, we needed a few more points. We have the uh, DM cleanies. We've got uh, two points for keeper saves. Did um, you say cleanie? I, <laughs> fine, yeah. that's a fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, got, that's a, in a different league. <laughs> yeah, fine, straight away. Um, yeah, cleanie seals and every everything. We've got that. We've got like five points for penalty save, eight points for keeper assist and stuff. We vote on them every year, and this year a vote was put up that didn't pass. It lost 12-8, um, but I think it will go through next year. And that was that own goals are currently minus three, but they should be plus three. So <laughs> so if, if like, I don't know. So Hyungmin Son would have got six. Yeah, he'd have got six. In the top of the city game. And yeah, the people who voted for it quite like it because it's like when you're, it's usually a defender who scores nine goals, obviously. But like, say Mark Gay was nil-nil and then he scored an own goal, then he'd get six and all the rest of the Palace defenders would get zero straight away. So, yeah, I quite like it. I, I, yeah, that is interesting. It's kind of but, like a yeah, very big wooden spoon. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Well, look, I, one of the things that I say when, I, when I'm talking about this version of the game and especially comparing it to FPL for example is I said you know there's sort of the maintenance that required is not as good and that's kind of like one of the plus points to the game that you know it doesn't have to be all consuming even though it is kind of like socially uh, all consuming it doesn't have to be all consuming but it sounds like it very much is in in your league and it's very commendable how you keep going with all of those players, all of those managers and the absolute commitment. It sounds like a massive event, almost jealous. Maybe uh, in the future we should turn up in different leagues, should come and... and yeah, absolutely. You're more than there. welcome. I'd love to be there and to kind of see how it all goes on. But um, but thanks so much for, for joining us this week, Dave. I don't know if you, uh, yeah, you've got anything else, a shout out to your league or any members or anything, but um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Week. Yeah, just um, up the TLL is all I'll, I'll say. But, uh, but um, yeah, thank you for having me. Up the TL, TLL indeed. And if you'd like <laughs> to feature your league on this podcast, you know where to find us. 
by email or on social media it's podcast at fantasyleague.co.uk and at fantasyleague please do get in touch we can't wait to hear from you and see if you can rival which what has got to be one of the you know most in-depth intricately run leagues the TLL thanks again Dave we'll see you all in part three So, obviously, as always, we are heading into part three with Neil Mansfield. Neil, how are you doing this week? How's how's Fantasy League Land treating you? Yeah, it's been it's been a good week. Been been um, a busy one, just because, as you said earlier on, the the volume of uh, fixtures. So it's been a bit of a sort of a manual assist review because of the volume of games that are going on midweek at the moment. But yeah, it's been good. Really good. I think we won't talk about my league because I think the less we talk about that, the better. Um, and we just move swiftly on to uh, to talk about something else. I have, yes, changed my keeper yet again. Uh, that's that's all I will say. Kelleher is going to be the starring keeper for me for a fortnight before Alison comes back again. Yeah, I mean, after the, the Fulham game at the weekend, I'm surprised you, you went in for that. But I guess clean sheet last night, so maybe it's all, all going to pay off. Who's been popular this week? Are you seeing a lot of movement in terms of people? I think especially this December fixtures is, is something where it really feels like you can, if you can latch onto a team who's going to have a good run of fixtures, a player who's going through sort of a good patch, you can pick up a lot of points very quickly. So I imagine it's very busy. Yeah, it, it, there's been quite a lot of um, a lot of activity, actually, an awful lot of transfer activity in and out. Um, the outs, I think, are, are fairly obvious again. Uh, Awani is still topping up the list, and he is still is still getting high numbers of transfers out. You know, almost twice the total again of uh, the second placed uh, individual, who oddly is Mason Mount. Or I suppose not that oddly, really, based on how you know United are playing and the moment. Or I suppose they've actually come into a little bit of form recently. But Mount is struggling for game time. Then you got Fatty, uh, you got Foster, uh, Antonio as well. Um, further down the list, then you're looking at you know the traditional long-term injuries of Van der Ven and March. I think that's just a bit of a, a catch-up exercise, really, from those that actually haven't had the opportunity to transfer out. We did a quick poll, I think, uh, this week. And what was interesting is that some leagues do monthly sealed bids. So uh, I think this is a case, really, of everyone catching up with those transfers. So nothing unusual there for transfers out. Transfers in. I think we should play a little game this week. And top three... Can you name anybody in the top three? Uh, Abdullah Decore doesn't even doesn't even make the top ten. So I think your influence is slowly waning, Chris. Yeah, maybe. William. I'm trying to think. It happened in our. William is just outside the top ten. Look, if you're looking down a route of a a particularly well performing let's say midfielder who scored a particular wonder strike not so long ago and is beginning to play a little bit more Alejandro Garnacho is is yeah in at, in at number 1 in at number 1 so i think that goal has has influenced you know an awful lot of people bringing him in taking taking Rashford's place yeah. as well in the yeah. squad exactly yeah, Rashford didn't start last night. night either did he yeah Rashford came yeah and did look good so then in at number 2 is Tommy Yasu yeah, but it's th- so this happened in our league. Someone we've got monthly. Someone brought him in. First, he didn't realise he had two Arsenal players anyway, so he has to get rid of one. But then Tommy Asu got injured yep. anyway. He had the chance to not bring him in. 
Ben White's come back. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think I think he'll be um, he'll be reverting to the transferred out pile. I should imagine uh, over the next week or fortnight. Then you got Suchak in at three. Uh, Lachelle's are still up there. Although um, I was reading, I think Botman is really close to a return. I don't know how far out that is. Whether it's a week or two, but I suspect he'll be certainly in for the heavy sort of festive period of fixtures. Um, so I would imagine Lachelle's will also be moving over to the transferred out uh, pile very shortly. Then you've got uh, Alanga and, and Kelleher. <laughs> so clearly I wasn't the only individual trying to bring in a, a replacement keeper for a couple of weeks. So nothing really unusual, I think, that stands out in that list at all. Um, dropping further down, you've got the, you know some of the ones we talked about. You know, Mikhailenko, uh, Kuna's in there, and Maguire is still about. For some as well, we, we spoke to... Uh... Dave Boyle in part two, Neil, of the TLL, you were listening in and seeing how much maybe a league of 20 might skew. Uh, Really quickly on them, the TLL, because as as Dave mentioned, you had to make an exception to bring in, to allow a a team of a league of 20. Um, Doesn't sound ideal to be playing in, in a league of 20. Uh, but also a shout out from you for the T- to the TLL, I think, because they they interact a lot. They all twenty are always flooding in your your inbox. They're sort of like the Gary O'Neill or the Mikel Arteta of the fantasy <laughs> league world. But also, you know, you were listening in. It sounds like a brilliant league. Like it actually at the start of the season when we were talking about this podcast and what it could be, seeing that video and seeing um, how some of these other players, the, these managers, are playing, it got me really excited to to be able to hear. Um, how just how enthusiastic and and excited people get about this version of the game? Yeah, I, it, it was. We, we introduced this twenty team league as a bit of a trial uh, a couple of seasons back. Uh, I think we've done one other uh, league as well now with a with a twenty team twenty teams in it. And yeah, they do. They they keep us on our uh, keep us on our toes. You know, I, I would say that there's generally an interaction or two either on email or on tweets on a weekly basis from them. Uh, in fact, we had one. Uh, just this morning as we we're recording it, which I won't share with you, but just to say it's all, all about a particular Brighton goal scorer called Hinslewood, which is really good. You know, they're a great bunch. They've got a really active league. And uh, the more we have sort of active engagement, you know, with our players, uh, the better. So, yeah, a real shout out to them. We really look forward to hopefully we can catch up with them later on the season as well to see how they're doing. Uh, we, we do want to find out about uh, Jesse's European adventure before we finish this week's pod. But before we do, Neil, I don't know if you want to touch on Alvarez game week 14, because... I'm uh, here with a complaint. (laughs) (laughs) Because there was a lot of... uh, We're doing quite well the last few weeks of not really having that much interaction on this. Uh, But suddenly, the complaints came flying through. Which I think you justified quite well, but do you want to justify for for the podcast? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the issue here really is whether or not Haaland got a touch on the ball, you know, for Alvarez's cross. And that ultimately is the only thing that matters. Although Alvarez's cross is absolutely, it's a peach of a cross. It's a beautiful cross. I can see Jesse's head going down. She's I saying, need you know, every Jesse. point I get. I can get my hands on. I know, I know. And you're not the only person as well, but... It's really interesting. We have to apply it based on, you know, the, the letter of the law, the, these rules that have been defined, you know, for, for a number of years. And it is all about the last touch before the defense, defensive intervention. So what I, I haven't got a VAR set up here. I haven't got 16 different, you know, monitors set up reviewing it. But what I did do was sort of rewind, you know, slow it down, 
you know, look at the different angles that are available on Sky and Match of the Day, that sort of stuff. And there is a touch from Harlan. It's tiny, it's small. It's, I demand it Ultra Edge. I want to see the Ultra Edge on this. We want a necometer or something like that, don't we? Or yeah, like Ultra that. Edge yeah. from the yeah. cricket. Exactly. So that's what we um, need. So that's the only reason. We don't award double assists, um, which I think, you know, this would have been a prime candidate if it wasn't an own goal, uh, but it was an own goal, so we don't award a double assist. So, yes, it, sadly, it really is applying it to the, sort of the letter of the law, and it goes against, uh, it goes against Haaland. It's disappointing. But I'll, I'll talk about my European ad- adventures, because fortunately, yeah. despite losing out on the assist that I morally deserved, I still managed to sneak a win against Lockyosaurus. I won 6-5. Sean and it was tight yeah. in the other game as well. 10-9, Tyler Chambers won, who beat me in my first week. So he's top. And I've got three points. So what are, what are we looking at? Are we looking at a 6-3-3-0? 6-3-3-0, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. nice. It's exciting. Games are coming thick and yeah. fast in Europe. It is exciting. So, yeah, if you are... I mean, we, we a shout-out to Tyler Chambers, who, who did beat you that first week. But other players playing in your group, Sean Loxham of Lockyosaurus <laughs> and Kloppip Lampsol is the team name. Michael Hall is the manager. If you're one of these three managers and you've got some fighting talk for Jesse <laughs> as the group stage comes to a close and it looks like it will be a tight one to go through... But Jesse, so Jesse, you're fa- you're facing Michael Hall immediately yeah. on this double yeah, game week yeah, right yeah. now. So um, that's like obviously important, and I'm not doing very well, so that might be another loss. But I want to shout out my sister because she's top of her group, but she's got some fantastic people in her group. Someone called Lucy Luck, great name to have as a fantasy league player, nice. and something I've not seen before: a team run by two managers. Jamie Crook and Bradley Cohen together on wow. Rice Rice Brady. Asterisk, asterisk. So nice. it kind of looks, I'm, you know, I'm looking jealously down on that Europa League group. Well, if we've called you out and you're listening, then please do get in touch. And any other, anyone else who wants to talk about their European adventure will get exciting when it gets to the knockout phase as well, both competitions, Champions League and Europa League. And we'll be keeping a close eye as we whittle down to the champions. Uh, but good luck, Jesse. Like I said, it's a double game week, so the scores run from Tuesday to Tuesday, which means this midweek round and the weekend will be taken into consideration. The players that I didn't get rid of to show me some loyalty this weekend. I said to my dad, who's the chairman, I believe in the guys in the dressing room that they can bring me the goods. So I'm hoping to see a reaction from them uh, as a result of me showing faith in them. Are you about to start calling your dad OBC, by the way? Our beloved (laughs) chairman, as we mentioned in part, as they do in the TLL in part two. That's (laughs) just drop it. Just drop it one day and see what he says. (laughs) I'm definitely going to insist that everyone calls me OBC from now on. Including us on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, oh, in fact, we can talk about it next week as well just before we wrap up. But remember that the month of December is massive in the GLWFL because we've got our sacking coming up. Oh, I yes. noticed, honestly, I was watching Match of the Day last night. I came back and Chris Wilder's face popped up. I had no <laughs> idea that Chris Wilder would come up. I was like, what are you doing here on my screen? Jump but scare. that's going to happen in the GLWFL. So it's so tight. There are three at the bottom who were separated by a point only a week ago. It's kind of moved a bit in this midweek. 
but it's Reese, Kez and Woody, Andy Wood, who are up for it. It's so, so tight across the board in our league, so it's made it really... Because usually there's someone who's just far gone at this point, we already know, but it's it's really close and they're all fighting really hard now and they're going to be absolutely gutted and it's an app, and it's a newcomer, a fresh newcomer coming into the league uh, to replace him because we didn't have 11 members, so we brought in the 11th. So, yeah, it's going to be a tight and dramatic few weeks to come in the GLWFL. I'll keep you tuned and informed as we go. We want to get in on everything that's happening with that. Indeed. But I think that's it for this week. I think we've had a, we've we've gone through a lot. Game week 16 coming up on Saturday. Make sure you do your super subs and all your transfers and everything you need to do. It's been another brilliant pod. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Dave, in part two. Thanks, Jesse. And we'll see you on the other side next week. 